Natch 83. Don't do that. Whisper in your lover's ear. Text the Soundhawk 303-548-6877. All right. Now no one heard that number. Natch 83. No texts for you. Whisper in your lover's ear. Text the Soundhawk. Why, why are we revisiting this? <laughs> Five four eight six eight seven All right. seven. Jury duty. Area code 303. You've been meaning to tell us about your jury duty experience. Um, yeah, I also want to just... Sometimes I like to take the temperature of the room and of, room? My, and of my co-host by the, the little dose of music he's injected us with at the beginning. Mm. A little, little bit, little bit uh, changing of the seasons, autumnal. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's the vibe I'm getting off you. Yeah, a little reflective. Very autumnal, yes. Sensitive. It's called rather than because I decided to do that rather than work on stuff yeah, that I actually That's what it is. You do. get some work on the brain, don't you? I am in a consulting trough. Zero. I envy you. But I had a <clears throat> massive amount. It was a very stressful time just a week ago. Okay. So now you're back I'm learning to your... how to do it. I, I got to roll with the flow. I ebb and I tide. We all ebb and tide, I believe. I do have the jury duty blues. I didn't get to talk about this last week, but I think that was a doorbell or something. That was the oven letting me know yeah. that it's preheated. And that our eggplant parmesan is warming up. Match? Match what? Little, little no. sound cue, go eat it? No? Never, no, oh. I'm warming it. The oven is preheated, so now the warming process is beginning. Didn't get to talk about it last week, jury duty blues. Have you been summoned to jury duty in the city and county of Denver, Colorado? Yeah. So you've been and hadn't gone down to mm-hmm. report, or did you call in and not have to go? No, I did my civic duty. I so, went and sat in a room. So did I. So you went down and sat in that big giant room. Yes, I did. And then when they began to say that the courts are ready to call jurors, were you the first number called? No. Ah, I was. You were the very first? Very first. I was not called at all. I <laughs> sat there for two hours and was not called and worked. That's where I first revisited the screenplay that I've been making you read. I sat there for two hours and was called as the first juror. Went up to, well, we had to go to the different courthouse or whatever. Judge. Was defendant, your father-in-law? De- no, he's no. no longer judge. No. I would have recused myself. Um, there was the defendant, self, de- what do you call that? Self. Self-defending? Yeah, but there's a, just chose to defend himself. I think it's, I think the word you're looking for is crazy. <laughs> well, that might have been his problem. Uh it was just him, and then there was the police officer and city attorney prosecuting the case. And there were 13 of us that they called as jurors. We I'm answer- sorry, did you say 13? I did. Usually there's 12, right, on a jury? We answered some questions. It was very clear this was a traffic case. That's weird. Why is a traffic case going to trial? Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of all these questions, nobody had really, they said, well, here's the good news. We only need three of you. Hmm. And so that hasn't happened to you either? I've never, well, no, one time I made it back to the courtroom. And uh, I think it was when I was working at Dining Out. And I had a bunch of stuff coming up and I basically told them like, I got so much shit going on with newborns and work right now that I'm going to be completely distracted and useless on this jury. Oh, look at you. So I was honest. You couldn't step up to your civic duty then. 
I don't remember what was going on, but it would have been severely like inconvenient to the point of distraction. Well, so they, they gave they you, they don't want that. No, they give you that opportunity. Like, is there any reason I'm like, I couldn't be like, well, my back hurts like a motherfucking spike in a nerve. You want me to say that? <laughs> nope. Not going to do that. What a, what a Cause man. I'm going to live life. I'm not going to let it overcome me. So I picked out of 13 down to three. First one. First one. On the case. There you go. Oh my God. Listen to this trial. I guess I probably shouldn't talk about specifics. It was a entirely, I mean, I, I felt for the guy. Um, like you felt his nipple? No. He tried, he was prosecuting, you know, he was defending himself. Here's, and the cop was more, you know, the, of course the cop had on like all his gear and a bulletproof vest. Like, what are you, <laughs> you're in court today, man. <laughs> and the attorney is better at some of the skills of, trying a case and like making it clear and this guy's just mouthing off and then he gets mad at the cop and you're like oh boy so we went they're like okay we listened to this for then we had a lunch break then we had a mandate it took all day right but we knew we weren't going to be on a multi-day like emotional criminal case <sighs> we go back to decide this case late in the afternoon with just three jurors with three jurors hmm. and they're like okay you need to pick a foreman Henry Fonda, right here. I'm the foreman. I knew it. <laughs> and I actually kind of, they, they said, why don't you do it? I'm like, I, I, I could have resisted, but I said no, because one of the things they asked all the other jurors in the selection process was, have you ever been on a jury? Mm. And if somebody said yes, were you the foreman? Did you reach a verdict? Mm. I don't know if, you, if being the foreman gives you like a free pass next time you go. I don't know. Anyway. No, I think they're like, if you were the foreman and you reached a verdict, then oh, you're a star. Oh, like, no, oh, no, this, I misguided. Mis- oh. This guy knows what he's doing. He's going to get this case sorted out. It. So, yeah, we found the guy guilty. And of then what? You can't say? Um, yeah, I get Failure to yield to an emergency vehicle. That went to court? Uh-huh. Wow. And so when we... And this is why I have the jury duty blues, because I don't think this is the way the legal system should work. Uh, maybe there's some reason why they don't tell you what the pot- potential penalties are. Mm-hmm. But we go back to that room and we're like, well, I mean, why are we here? Like, did the, So here's the rule. You're, you, you know, there's an emergency vehicle yeah. and trying to go somewhere and you didn't pull over and get out of the way. And you're claiming there were all these reasons you couldn't, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You didn't. Wow. In a long period of, for this long stretch of time. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, oh, you're going to get a fine and we wasted our day. At the end, the judge pulls us back after we've given our verdict. What are you doing? Just sitting back. I'm oh. absorbing this story. You're, you're interested in this story. Putting a pillow behind my lumbar. And, he's, and the judge is kind of like, yeah, we, it's very rare that these traffic cases come to trial like this. And it's extremely rare that they would ever go to jail. I'm like, What? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, the fine. This is a $3,000 fine and up to a year in prison. <laughs> I'm like, what? For not pulling over for an emergency vehicle? <laughs> and this was not, so I can understand. This is why I'm mad. If you, like, intentionally blocked an ambulance. Yes. And, like, stood in front of it and wouldn't let it get around you and stuff. That's, uh, okay, maybe that's why the law was written. But if you kind of tracked a police car for a while and they couldn't end up getting to go sim- give someone a ticket. I think it's a different standard. <laughs> so I was very upset afterward. I was like, I, I would have changed my mind. I would have not given that verdict. Mm, if you had known. If I'd known that. Now, I'm, I'm presuming this guy did not go to jail. 
Let's hope not. But I mean, your hand, it was a Foreman. judgment call. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tough as nails. You get me in that yeah. power seat. Oh, brushes. You're going to fucking jail. He's putting you away. I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't, I could see how it would be a rewarding experience to be on a jury. Yeah. And do your duty and feel like you reached justice. I don't feel like we reached any justice at all. It was a frivolous case. Yeah. I don't know. Did like the police, was the officer like embarrassed that like he got, blo- he got blocked in by this guy and was mad about it and ended up pulling him over. And I, it just seemed like a waste of time with a, with a weird potential penalty that didn't apply at all. Like if this guy goes to jail, there's something wrong. You're not going to sleep very well to, at all, night. If you all lives that. matter. All lives matter. You know, that's kind of a racisty thing to be thrown around. No, I thought that was the non-racist thing to throw around. No, that's what the racists are saying. Like, it's not just black lives. All lives matter, you dicks. Know. You're not at Stedman. It's a hot topic at Stedman. <laughs> Is it? Because I, yeah. I thought the all lives matter was like the white person's answer. to That's not fair. Well, maybe it is. But it's also, I think it our is. kids, are, so our youngest is part of a little choir group at Stedman going to sing the national anthem before the Rockies game tomorrow. Very nice. Well, there are some parents, who, you know, there's a lot going on with the national anthem. I do. Take a knee, Kaepernick. That, that's happening. So there's some parents going, what is this saying about our kids? I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, there are so few, like, nice field trippy moments at Stedman. Let's just let the kids have a nice time at the baseball game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're not, you know. Well, no, it's not that they're not, but they're... they're there's some controversy. There's some controversy. Steering. And there was a desire to wear T-shirts in protest up in the stands. and Wow. And it was like, should we wear a Protesting black... Protesting people taking a knee during this, the kids I singing the national anthem? Black Lives Matter came up, is why I say this, and then certain... African-Americans in the room were like, I'm so fucking sick of that. All lives matter. Stop saying this shit. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's my jury duty story. Well, it went a little, that was you going on a tangent, buddy. Went astray. Things are hot and heated over, man, it is night and day. I don't know. Now that we have two schools in the mix. Yeah, your life just got a lot more complicated. No, are you going to do? I'm talking about the, the difference, the different worlds, those two oh, schools. Different worlds. Quinn, uh, so beyond that, she got a free bike last week. All the kids at Stedman got free bikes. From? Some charitable. Harley? K1 and 2, you got a bike. Like a hog? It's a Huffy. Like a chopper? It's a Huffy. Oh, a bicycle, okay. That makes sense. Uh, So I made some pretty astute football picks last week. This blows my mind. I'm in a football pool that my brother organizes with a bunch of my old buddies. You're listening to Natch. We cover food news. Eventually. Uh, some other people that I don't even know. I don't know how many people exactly are in, so in the weird. pool. This is so weird. This but, is only because you have a son that likes sports. Well, he's the one who got me listening to sports radio. And actually, so right now I'm leading the uh, the pool by a lot. I have 114 points. Oh, look at that. You're, second you're, place only has 96.5. Who is in second place? Someone named Amber. I don't know who these people are. It says Amber DeBalls. I don't know if that's... Is that a real name or is that... Most of these aren't real names. I I might be the only one with a semi-real name. But here's what I did. Yeah, put it in my end zone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's some funny names. You got about a 70-point lead on put it in my end zone. But I'm crushing (laughs) it. And you know what it was that pushed me up was I knew... Oh, you had a terrible week two, though. Not that bad. But I knew the Patriots... Yeah, look at your week two points. Seven. 
A terrible week two, if you look down <laughs> at Buzzsaw, is negative 14. Ooh, you can go negative. Okay. Yeah. I've gone negative before, but th- I am, I'm killing it this week. And I knew that even though the Patriots were going to be on their third string quarterback, they're not going to lose to those assholes, the Houston fucking Texans. And that led by that smiling, that grinning fucking idiot, Brock Osweiler. Oh, you don't like Brock? Actually, I don't really care. He's living like... What is his tattoo? He's got a, like a typo tattoo. It's got yeah, a contraction. I, know. I showed you that, but it was... It's like, instead of your Y-O-U-R, it's Y-O-U-R-E. It was like, live your best life or something. I can't yeah, remember. it was like, live your, you are best life. It was also life. an inspirational saying. We had problems on several fronts with that. Yeah, but... Okay, you picked the Patriots. Did you watch that game? I watched no. a little of it. He was like losing his ass, Brock Osweiler, and just grinning and smiling and just... Uh, I don't know. It's very odd. But they got completely blown out. I knew the Rubbed Patriots the would win, way. but they, they blew them out. Look at that. 27 to nothing. Vikings are hot right now. They're, they're, the they're the more quarter- you talk about sports, the less you sound like you actually know. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. Though here's what it is. I actually I know like a limited amount of shit about the NFL just from listening to sports radio when I drive. But my thing is that like I came to football late. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my son got me interested in football. I I, I was kind of like not at all wanting to watch football when I was younger. I thought it was yeah. annoying and stupid. It's a surprising twist. So I feel like a phony. Like, it's hard for me to even, like, cheer during games when we're watching the Broncos game. That was another one I picked, the Broncos. I knew they were going to beat the fucking Bengals. Come on. The Bengals were, uh, they were the favorites by there's, three there's, points. Yeah, there's some hotheads, those Bengals. Fucking kidding me? Yeah. But, like, when something good happens, it's hard for me to, to like, effectively be like, yeah, in the face, you know, because I don't... <clears throat> I, don't, I feel like a phony. I feel like a fraud. In the face is, that's what, that's being said in man caves across this country every Sunday. In the face. In the faces. <laughs> I knew the Vikings were going to win though because. You, you take that in your, in the face. Even though their star quarterback, whose name I can't remember, got like popped his ACL in, mm. in training camp. For who? What team? The, the Vikings. Oh. They got Dante Culpepper. They got, uh, they got uh, Sam Bradford. Dante's real, but it's. About 10 years out of date. And I picked the Vikings again this week. Did you? That, well, that's what people want to know. Forget the picks from last week and you're beating, put it in my end zone. What are your picks this week, Josh? I picked the that's Broncos. That's what our segment is. The Broncos are only three point. The spread's three, but they're favored to win against the Buccaneers. They're going to do better than that. Okay. You picked Bronx. I've been picking the Cowboys. Interesting. You know, if you as uh, and I, I picked the Cowboys out of reverence to Seth Romanelli of uh, yeah, dude, he loves the Cowboys. That's not his name. What is it, Romanelli? Isn't it oh, Romanoff? What the hell is it? Put it in my end zone. What's his name? Romatelli. Oh, so close. Yep, it was close. All right. Well, I don't listen every episode like you, but I but I'm honoring him by picking the Cowboys a lot in my betting pool. They have a rookie quarterback, Dax Prescott. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like a made-up name. It sounds mm-hmm. like the protagonist of some obnoxious Speaking young of adult Seth, novel about quarterbacks. One of the best segments they do now when they when he reads all of the professional athletes' names, the, oh. the most insane names he can find. And does he make Jonathan guess if they're real or not? I, I, he maybe there is some element of that. I think it just devolves into I'm just going to read you these insane names. All right. Yeah. I picked the Vikings again this week. I picked the Cowboys again this week. I picked the Broncos again this week to, to beat their spread. <sighs> do you? Um, and then, but then I picked. Uh, do you have to pick the same? No, no, no. You pick. You follow these teams and pick whether or not they're going to win or lose. You, pick, you look at the games. You got. Or could you, you pick see any the game? underdog and the favorite, and yeah. you see what the spread is. You have to beat the spread. So you. you Why pick. are you picking these teams every week? 
I'm picking them again this week. I didn't say I picked them every week. But what I'm getting at you is make ins- five picks instead of picking. I'm going to pick the Cowboys every week. I don't do that. You, well, <laughs> okay. Well, last week you said I said I picked the Cowboys. I said I picked them again this week. You get to pick five. You said you picked teams. the Cowboys. You picked the Broncos. Did you? You said you picked the Vikings again. <laughs> And last, and did you pick the Patriots this week? I didn't pick the Patriots again. Okay, so three out of five. I picked. Uh, oh no, I'm forgetting. I'm just. What I'm getting at is, are yeah. you are you zoning in on? I really want to understand these five teams, and no, I'm no, no, follow not at them. All. Oh, what it's about for me is I listen to sports radio, and then I and the games that I do, I try and watch a little bit of some of the games when when I can of other teams, just so I kind of know what's going on, where their momentum, just, where their heart is. Sundays are just you're down in that basement. The Panthers. I picked the Panthers. They're going to beat the Falcons. The Falcons are a a paper tiger. They've been doing well, but fuck them. They're not going to beat the Panthers. The Panthers are pissed. Panthers are one and two, I think. That's embarrassing. They lost to the Vikings. The Vikings (laughs) fucking spanked them, but they're not going to lose to the Falcons. They're pissed now. I'm just having all these visions of if we ever did that uh, Broncos podcast. Yeah, it'd be pretty listen, odd. Listening to you talk about sports. I know. I'd have to like really develop real confidence in what I'm well, saying. Well, no, maybe you wouldn't. Maybe I could, I could just make fun of you. That would work too. Uh, oh, but Sam, your, your old nemesis, Sam. <sighs> yeah, he's so, so far behind. He's you can trash dust. talk when you're logged into Cover 5 as the betting system that we use or the online whatever. Okay. You can trash talk and he was like, he asked me if Elias, my son, made my picks for me. Ooh, that's a good question. He did not. I mean, he's indirectly responsible for my knowledge, though. So, But I told Sam that it was sports fans of all ages informing my picks. It's Big Al, it's D-Mac, it's Schlereth and Evans, are. it's Sandy Cuff. It's all these fucking sports radio dudes. <clears throat> okay. But as a podcaster, especially one as part of a, a bantery duo, you should be listening to more sports radio. Pick up some tips. Listen to Big Al and D-Mac. I've told you before on this podcast, you're Big Al. You're the, you're the Gilded Insider. I'm D-Mac. Was is Bill Big Al a former player? Former Bronco. Yeah, there you defensive go. player or maybe offensive lineman. What's Al's last name? Alfred Williams. Is his oh, name. yeah. Big Al. He was on the Super Bowl teams. I think that won in 97 and 98. Great. Could be, a, could be a recurring segment, Josh's picks. I think it will be. I'll try and condense it a little next Yeah, week. maybe. One, maybe. Now we've laid the foundation. Okay. We'll see how my picks hold up. I, I could, That's probably all we need. We need to know. Who, who I picked... No, how, how you're doing in the standings, if okay. you're still ahead of Amber DeBalls and put it in my end zone. That's pretty much what we need to know. All right. And then, yeah, your picks for the new week. I can review my picks here. I've got it. Uh, oh, you do? I think we're good. Yeah, let's, let's make it. Nah, I think we heard them. My week four picks. Yeah. Our, our league name is Get a Load of Simeon. Like a load, because his name looks like semen, I think, is what's supposed to be happening there. You know what? I picked the Panthers. To beat the Falcons. They're going to beat the spread. They're the, they are favored to win, but only by 3.5. Oh, I picked the Seahawks, who are the underdogs, by one so point many, That's why we have so many Jets. dick and ball picks on our Instagram feed. Every, it's all, that's I did not goes. name this league. Oh, My brother yeah. did. Okay. <laughs> so doesn't it's all doesn't in the fall family. far from the tree. So yeah, I've got the Vikings, the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Panthers. Seahawks? Oof. I know. Russell Wilson's hurt. Why don't you get into that 49er game? It's controversial. Tell me, tell me which lives suck. matter. I don't want to. I bet the 49ers are going to get beat by the Cowboys. Dip your toe. Oh, you did. Okay. I didn't know they were playing them. Yep. And the Vikings are going to stomp the Giants. Well, now that you've evolved into a. Obnoxious. Well, sort of a 
wannabe quasi. Poorly, poorly equipped sports fan. Okay. Actually, I'm doing all right. I know the rules of the game. Yeah. I know what's going on. My only, and I kind of know what's going on with the teams. My problem really is like effectively getting excited. I feel like a fake when I'm like, yeah, I know yeah. you do because you just said in the face. <laughs> well, it's hard too because if like I'm watching it with my brother and Sam, I can say, fuck yeah, eat shit, that kind of thing. But when I'm watching with the kids, I got to like, in the face. In the face. <laughs> I hope, I want you to, uh, that's what we need in that segment. You tell me what kind of ejaculates? That's not the right word. <laughs> Expletives? E- ejaculatory? Oh, I don't know what you're trying to say. But I'm trying to... Good God. We need details right now. Well, Stat so details. Growing up, too, like my dad Ex- hated football. Can't... Is there a... He no- would act... He would go read books. He didn't want to have anything to do with football. So I joined that camp. My brother and my mom would watch football. My mom loved to iron and fold clothes while she watched football. Is that a word? Ejaculatory? I love to like fold clothes excited? while I watch football. So I take after my mom in that way. And I remember listening because I would go down in the basement while they were watching football and I could oh, hear man. her upstairs. It was when Sammy Winder was a running back for the Broncos and she, she loved Sammy it's not, Winder. It's not ejaculatory. And she'd go, go Sammy, go Sammy, go Sammy, go Sammy, go Sammy, go Sammy, yeah! Excla- exclamatory? Exclamatory. I guess maybe I'm thinking of exclamatory. <laughs> and my mom kind of had a crush on Sammy Winder. And one time he was signing autographs at Villa Italia Mall, which is now Belmar. And we went and my mom had my brother and I wait in line. And, and get some autographs on her chest on, on my mom's breasts no mark and she's a listener so i didn't say you just made a fool of yourself <laughs> but it, she, i think she had a thing so for sammy crush Wonder. all right but we went and i remember he signed a a poster for us and then he he pulled out his fake teeth for us too and it was like very shocking i want to know the exclamatory remarks you make in the course of a game try to remember okay uh, so beyond in the face what else comes out of your mouth when you're watching a game Spittle. So, like you, although I did watch football and I was, you know, I, 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 could, I could dabble in all sorts of communities. and You and your racist, you love the... There was no racist. The Redskins? Oh, they are. Well, they seem to be holding on to that name. Like, yeah. a for bad no, case no of the... no good goddamn reason. Yeah. Um, I would get up on Saturday mornings, crack it on. And drink a bunch of water. Head over to Episcopal Park. Well, it was a boarding school in our league. You were a boarding school? No, but it was near near my house. We would oh. our school. We would go over there, and we would set up. We'd, the mist nets would be up. We'd catch the bird bird banding. Saturday morning bird banding. Oh, I thought it was going to be Saturday morning. You would go play football. No bird banding. You and your feet crew would go. I'd get that in so that I could birds. watch watch the games on Sunday. You gridiron. So I was a young bird bander. I caught this story. Mm-hmm. Cause for alarm. Yeah, this is a depressing story. I know, but is it surprising? No. North America has lost more than 1.5 billion birds over the past 40 years. Uh, this is EcoWatch. Link in the doc. Sign up for the doc. Shoot me a text. 303-548-6877. Go to the website. Sign up. Nice. Uh, 1.5 billion birds over the past 40 years, says the most comprehensive survey of land bird populations in Canada and the U.S. to date, and 86 species... It's pronounced species. Are threatened with total extinction, all thanks to human-caused habitat destruction and climate change. Humans are dicks. I think it's that music. You set me up with that music, and it just got me... There's something depressing in it. Was it? Was that melancholy? Something melancholy about it. Now, now See, I thought it was also hopeful. It was both things. It was a balance. The seasons are changing. The music was absolutely appropriate. My sorghums is flaring up. It's just a tough day. Your sorghums? Your back? Do you have like a spike going through a nerve? Is that what you said, or are you just being dramatic? (laughs) 
Well, no, but I mean, when you have a Does herniated disc. hurt right now, though? It's okay. I thought you didn't have a herniated disc. I thought they were never able, never able to actually find any sort of injury. <laughs> no. L3, oh, okay. L4. It's herniated oh, multi- that's right. that's multiple right. times. Okay. I knew that. Sorry. Yeah, right. Teasing. You over there with your stretches. The information on... Yeah, ur- it's smart. It's quite alarming. The information on urgency? Huh? Okay. It's quite alarming, says... Uh, this is a study co-author Judith Kennedy of Environment Canada talking to the Canadian press. This is my favorite quote. We're really getting down to the dregs of some of these populations. It's always fun when you can find a reason to use the word dregs. With a population of a living thing. Mm-hmm. Birds are often a bellwether of broader ecological health. One might say they are a canary in the coal mine. Eh, Mark? Uh, Kennedy said that. She didn't say the Canadian, or I mean the canary in a coal mine shit. That was me. That was Sting. That was Sting? Is there a song called Canary in a Coal Mine? Yeah. Police. One of the early police tracks. Wow. Canary in a coal mine. Do you dig that out of your, what's your rock journalism book you're reading right now? Or is it jazz? Nah, I, I stopped. It was good, but. Is it? No. Is it ever good to read about music? Well, he's trying only, to... You know what you read? Have you read Please Kill Me? Oh. By Legs McNeil? <laughs> the Oral History of Punk Rock? Uh, oh, God, that. Too bad that's a dude. We want a woman for our next book, but that... It's just a bunch of quotes from the people that were part of the punk scene in New York and London, and it's like sculpted together into a linear narrative. Has Just the Tip reviewed that one? I don't think so, but it's seriously one of the best books you'll ever read. Even if you don't give a shit about punk music, it's amazing. And since we are like kind of a... Legs McNeil, look at you. Yeah. Wow. Oral history. Please kill me, the uncensored oral history of punk. Legs McNeil with Gillian McCain. It's a wonderful book. I'm not kidding you. You will, I don't, you I will don't. not regret reading it. Okay, well, let's do it after. After, after. After. Oh, but you know what's killing all these birds? Oh, yeah. Uh, this Sickly podcast. birds were an early warning sign of the environmental damage caused by the pesticide DDT a generation ago. Mm. DDT is also a signature move of a professional wrestler. I can't remember which one. Might be Jake the Snake Roberts. In some... Wait. In some ways, the status of these birds could indicate the status of our own health. Oh, you think? Here's what's missing from this article. Butterflies, gone. Birds, gone. Bees, going. Unbelievable. You know what, though? You know what I'd like to know? What? Pigeon. How's the pigeon population doing? I bet they're fucking killing it right now. Because they're smart. They feast on our filth. People who don't like pigeons don't understand a goddamn thing about the world. Did you know that? People are like, ooh, pigeons are disgusting. No, <laughs> humans are disgusting. And that's why pigeons can thrive. Okay? Get it straight. It's just going to be us and the pigeons and the cockroaches and the mice. Us and our vermin. It's all that's going to be left. All right? I think that might have been the bleakest part of this podcast. I'm looking at the rest of it. Everybody, we're going to get better here. We are. It's going to be happy. Oh, you know what? It's not our fucking job to make you happy. Yeah, no. The world is what's bringing us down. It's not this happy. Not this podcast, bro. What I, I tweeted this off today. Bruv. Don't say that. You don't like that? No. Anxiety? Everybody's got anxiety, right? Is Some si- more than others. Is simply, anxiety is simply insight that we haven't yet found a productive use for. Well, there's someone making, feel, making themselves feel better. No, I think that's true. We all all this shit where it's like, oh, people, where do people have panic attacks? On airplanes, giving speeches? Like, yeah, these are anxiety-producing situations. Oh, oh. Oh, that was it's you. Like I'm, it's like I've got a boom mic and I'm trying to record a podcast yeah. professionally. Um, it's like you just ate the spiciest tortilla chip in the world. Yeah. 
Those are that. sold one chip per package. Did you know that? Did you check out this article in Mashable, Mark? Oh, wait, you put it in the doc. Of course you checked it out. Jesus. I didn't find this. Fear the Reaper. It's not a Reaper. Have you ever wanted an out-of-body experience? Yes. Sans meditation or drugs? Maybe. You may find it with the Carolina Reaper Madness chip. Pucky. Pucky chips, latest deadly creation. It's literally the hottest chip in the world, and only one chip comes in a package. The package being a coffin-shaped box. Well done. The chip gets its kick, and then some more kick, and then some more, from the Carolina Reaper Pepper, the Guinness Book of World Records holder for the hottest chili pepper on Earth. So I've encountered Pucky before. Mm-hmm. They, they were doing a ghost pepper chip that was like the hottest, hottest. This is, they're taking it up a notch. The Carolina Reaper Pepper. Bam! With, with really, I mean, it's, it's pure novelty and it's sort of a stunt, but it's clever, right? There's it's a, a very hot chip. Again, check the doc because here's the, it's one chip in yep. a pack and it's got a little foil thing that says Fear the Reaper and that's inside this cardboard coffin box with all sorts of text and story. It's like four ninety nine, selling it for a limited time. You can only handle one chip. They, Which I believe this chip will bust your ass. Well, they. My favorite moment in the story is that Pocky found the pepper used for this chip at the um, a pepper company in Rock Hill, South Carolina, called Puckerbutt. Huh. Yeah, that's cute. I think that was a hint. Well, see, I knew about the Carolina Reaper pepper. I didn't only because I had I follow an Instagram account called Fuck Jerry. Yeah, well, you and well, like there's a, fuck Jerry. four million people, right? Yeah, it's hilarious. Fuck Jerry, I think, is just all like photo-y, meme stuff. And then Fuck mm-hmm. Jerry TV is like the same thing, but videos. And they posted a video of these two girls. They're wearing like sports bras, too. It's like they're trying to make it like sexy and cute, you can tell. And they're like, these are the Carolina Reaper Oh, well, I've seen this because there's also some man narrating it with behind the camera. I think it's just their brother or something. Well, but that makes it gives a little creepy if, vibe. That if you go to those. the website, though, you can watch the video. But right now... Let's listen to the audio of that video. This will give you some idea just how hot these peppers really are. Can get. Today we're going to be eating the Carolina Reaper pepper. These are the world's hottest peppers. <laughs> Is that a foot stamping? Those are feet stamping. Oh, uh, oh. I think it's getting... <laughs> Oh boy. It's still burning? She's just sitting here drooling. Lay back. Holy shit. Lay back. This is where it takes a turn okay? for the worst. That wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Holy hell. I'm fine. I'm gonna put it on the other side. Damn. I didn't think I hurt that bad. <laughs> this is not good. This is not fucking good. You okay? Jeez. Woo. Now, those are just excerpts from the video. If you make it to the end of the video, too, one of the girls is like laying in bed with an oxygen, like <laughs> not an oxygen mask, but she has an oxygen tube in her nose. Uh, they just had that laying around? I guess. I don't uh, know. Wow. It's Maybe pretty intense. So they try and uh, clearly they're trying to pull off like a funny little stunt. It, it did but, sound like she was about to hyperventilate. And they hard, they each like just eat a little tiny piece of the pepper. Well, but what they did, because I did watch that video, they, they made a mistake. Like, oh, oh, it's so hot and started swigging water. Nope. Old Doug at Pocky will tell you, bad idea. Drink some kefir. Get some that yogurt just, in you. That just swirls the heat around. Yep, it just gets n- it all over. You need to nullify the heat with Honey, some dairy. Honey, dairy, uh, oxygen. Yeah, oxygen mask. God, anyway, I hope she's okay. I'm sure they're fine. Come on. They were young. I mean... It, they, were, they, their little sports bras were fine. 
They do seem like kind of close to death, though. <laughs> if you watch the video, well, the one of them seemed okay. It's awfully fucking insane. The other one did not did not handle it well. All right, I got an Expo Trend watch for you. I've got bad news for you. I hear some police sirens. I'm just letting you know. Oh, I thought you were pausing the show. God, we're not on our game today. I'm on my game. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if you are. It's it's in our voices. No, it's in your fucking head, per usual. It's just a sadness. I'm not sad. Expo Trend Watch. This best is thing the most I saw. depressing story in the fucking... Really? This is the best... This is what, out of bullshit. everything I saw come out of Expo, this was the... I, I've seen this one coming. Have you? Yeah. <clears throat> Dessert hummus is a totally new invention. That's fucking chickpeas, beans, pulses! Yeah, I was going to say this all comes from your pulse research. Dessert hummus is a totally new invention that is making the world fall in love with great food. All right. I, you were reading... <clears throat> but where did dessert hummus come from? Hummus. I don't know marketing copy. Where did it come from? This is marketing copy from a company called Delighted by Hummus. Hummus, or hummus, okay, is traditionally a Levantine and Egyptian food dip or spread made from cooked mashed chickpeas or other beans blended with tahini, olive right, oil, lemon know juice, what salt, hummus and garlic. Is. This isn't 1980. You Our can, hummus you recipe skip that part. is different. When we set out to create a new hummus recipe, we went a little too far. Oh, you rapscallions. We added crazy flavors, fruits, and even chocolate. The original dessert hummus was born. Only the best flavors left our kitchen, which you can taste in our amazing chocolate chip, brownie batter, orange ginger, and snickerdoodle. Yum. The only one I'm maybe slightly interested in is the orange ginger. The rest sound like garbage. I told my wife about this. She was like, isn't that just like cookie batter, which you can buy now? That cookie batter paste. It's really good. Yeah, with beans thrown in it. It's got to have good protein and beans in it. I'd buy this in a heartbeat. I'm sure you would. What are you, nine? It'd be better be good. What, do you need a treat? Do you have a hard day? (laughs) Yeah, I need a treat. I did have a hard day. (laughs) Our recipes are all 100% vegan, gluten-free, and all natural. This means there are no animal products used in creating our desserts. You could eat them, Josh. Are there GMOs in there? We also keep all forms of wheat and gluten out of our kitchen. Your son. There's no weed in their kitchen? All natural is something we live by. Healthy eating is a lifestyle, and we are committed to using only the best and most sustainable natural ingredients so you can enjoy your life to the fullest. All right, I'm getting sleepy. By eating dessert hummus, you can live your life to the fullest, okay? That's, that statement just sums up with everything that's wrong with the world right now. It's just a click or two Der- away Dessert from- hummus is going to fill the void. Dessert hummus is going to salve your anxiety. Salve? What do you rub dessert hummus on your nipples before a big keynote speech at Expo East, Mark? Is that how you roll? Just a notch Is that up- your game? You got one of your interns licking it off you? I finished finished Walking Dead last night. Oh, God. You you had me all teed up for like, oh, it's savage. No. What do you mean? Not that savage. He has them all lined up on their knees, and he's got a baseball bat wrapped in fucking barbed wire. Compared to the rest of that show, that's not that savage. Dude, it's brutal. You know he's going to beat one of them to death in front of everyone else, and then they, they clearly imply that it's Carl. Carl. Yeah, it's probably not Carl. Who else would it be? Mm. That what's the what's the guy from the Alexandria? Uh, hmm? Your your friend you like to talk about? You know the oh, actor's Ross name? Marquand. 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 Could be him. Could uh-huh. be it. Could be a mullet guy. You think they're gonna beat down mullet guy? Yeah, Carl. If they do Carl, they do Carl. What are you gonna do? Because it seems like they 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 sense that fucking Rick's the leader, and they really want to stick it to Rick. 
There's one surefire way to do it. You beat his one-eyed son to death with a fucking baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. I don't know. I, didn't I thought it was that. just very dark and spooky, and it went on it unnecessarily was. It was, long. It, it did was go like, on quite long, and it was very psychological. I that I'm in PP Pants City right now. <laughs> like, that guy becomes more menacing because he just says weird shit. Like, PP Pants City? Um, like, he's trying to be polite? I hadn't noticed until... Not offend uh, the kid that he's about to beat to death? Come on. I don't know. Oh, I, think that sh- I think that show kind of jumped the shark there. Maybe. It's just getting too brutal and dark and pointless. Clue. I don't remember. Do you remember where, um, <clears throat> so w- when uh, it was like the episode before, where what's the, what's the, the guy who's a really good tracker and has the crossbow? Daryl. Daryl. Uh, they were coming to save Glenn and whoever, and then the guy came in and was like, I got you. And yeah. then he did something like, somebody got shot. The, 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 the nurse. The nurse. No, 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 no. Not that scene. I remember that. That was very clear. Mm. One of the shows ends with the long-haired, blonde-haired guy has the gun on Daryl. Yeah. And his buddy has the gun on um, uh, Rosita. This is great podcast material. <laughs> I'm impressed. Rosita, nice pull. And and they're looking at Glenn and... Um, oh, oh machete right. lady. They're coming to rescue those two. Yeah. Okay. And his yeah. nemesis with the, that he keeps running into with the hair. Yeah. He's like, I've got you now. Yeah. And then this show ends where he's like, a gun goes off. There's blood. Yeah. And I think Daryl says, like, that, that's going to hurt or something. Did he, so did somebody get shot? They never he, explained it. I think he it. just shoots Daryl's scalp off or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah, clearly not fatal. All right. Well, thanks for taking us there. Well, I, I finished it. I didn't find it that brutal. You don't think it's brutal. He's like pacing around, threatening to beat one of them to death in front of everyone else. That's what in the hell? I'm looking at footage of season seven because if if these actors are back, that you know looks that- like um, it looks like uh, the Outsiders. Have you seen, like the movie poster for the Outsiders? Oh, season seven, Carl's right there hmm. as a ghost. Hmm. You know who's not in this picture? Ross Marquand or Daryl or a uh, uh, mullet, mullet. I do believe you have sorghum's disease, sir. Yeah, I, I like that guy. It is affecting your lungs and making it difficult for you to appropriately conduct a good podcast that I would like to listen to. It's a pretty good impression. Very good. Moving on. Where were we? Well, maybe I should do some more mullet guy impression. The health and well-being of the American people depend on a meaningful regulatory policy for food safety, not on a self-designed and self-graded take-home exam that companies can complete at their benefit. Anyway. That's part of this next little bit of news. I'm surprised you picked this story. I don't remember why I did. <laughs> the GR, the grass, keep off the grass, get it? Boy. Generally recognized as safe. Yeah. Regulatory standard, article written by Senator Ed Markey. Yeah, and the deal One is, of our greatest consumer advocates. A lot of food companies can bypass FDA regulations by uh, taking advantage of this nope. loophole. Nope. All right, you explain it then, Mark, <laughs> insider. The grass system. Uh huh. Think people think it has been um, hasn't been very useful for, for quite some time mm-hmm. because, as you say, many food additives, things that get into the food supply, can be recognized as safe by the companies themselves. FDA is not really. My left ear is buzzing like crazy. Yeah, my stomach is grumbling like crazy. After you teased me with that eggplant parmesan. It's in the oven. It's going to be ready for us after we're going to do a little intermission here in a moment. You can self, uh, self-affirm. self 
you can submit a dossier to FDA with probably safety studies of your own funding. And people are like, you know what? There's a lot of shit in chemicals. There's a lot of shit in chemicals. There's a lot of shit and chemicals getting in the food supply. We need a more robust system. We need more oversight. We need a real FDA with teeth. Why? The grass system is designed in a way that provides the FDA with no ability to credibly vouch for the safety of chemical ingredients in food, such as corn, a meat substitute, or olestra, a fat substitute. That's the one that made your ass leak. Yep. Both of which are known to cause allergic reactions and digestive issues. Like leaky ass. It's a tough syndrome. one. I'd take it. You'd take leaky ass syndrome? <laughs> Over tinnitus? Ooh. Would you rather have tinnitus in one ear that made it distracting to do your, your fucking job as a podcaster, or would you rather just always be leaking viscous substance out of your butthole? I think I'd go, well, tinnitus is in your head. That's tough to like. I know. Even my super-powered placebo yeah. can't conquer We've this alien weak implant spot. in my goddamn ear. It's an alien. Yeah. That's another one of those conditions, age-related and or stress-anxiety-induced Nope, and or alien life form. Well, that, that's one coming theory. through my doorway into my bedroom and putting I, a little I would think node in my ear. If you're ever hoping it goes away, I would not put my <laughs> chips on that one. Why? That seems like the most likely. How are you going to treat it? Maybe the aliens will get bored. Move oh. on to another subject. And like, oh, you stop time. feeding the aliens, they'll get bored. If I get really boring. Which I think I'm doing maybe a pretty good alien- job at. Or maybe they love this podcast. and they just. But maybe what they don't understand is like, just listen to the podcast. It's all right here. You don't need to monitor me 24-7. It all makes its way on the I'm podcast. sorry you have that tinnitus. God, this, what the fuck, man? This what? is going to be a laundry list of health problems. <laughs> there it is. That was oh, my sore on the mic. What are you doing? You know who has it way worse? Who? Well, I shouldn't say it. That's kind of makes it sound That's tragic and rude. But Joan Didion. Well, Year of Magical Thinking, is that what that book was called? Have you read that? No, but I know what she wrote in response to. The death I, of her husband and then the death of their daughter. I read in it. Quick succession. I'm sure you read it, Mark. You read everything except for Infinite Jest, which you pretend to have read. Mm, that's true. I didn't finish that. You walk around. Like, you, oh, oh. you put on airs like you've Man, read that, that book. really loud, Natch. You put on airs like you read that book. You make people think you've read that book. And we have selected our next book You pretend book club like you book. have this deep affinity for Foster Wallace, but what have you read of his other than the freaking essay about the lobster? You've read as much Foster Wallace as I have. I read everything but Infinite Jest. No, you didn't. Yeah. Quiz me. Uh, did you read the one where he's on the cruise ship? Yep. A supposedly fun thing I'll never do again. It's an oh, essay inside that. of that Look collection. Look razor sharp recall. Oblivion. Matt, um, amazing no, short stories. That's fine. No, he's great. Yep. Boiling water on a baby. I read that one too. Brief interviews with hideous men. We don't, people can do that on, people, Breakthrough. Can, people can do this on the internet. Inform. They don't need you listing his The books. next book club has been selected. <laughs> it's classic Joan Didion. Joan Some Didion. essays from the 1970s slouching towards mm. Bethlehem. Mm. You're the one who said 70s. Yeah, but that was offhand. It's oh. 1968, Josh. On the cusp of the 70s. I know that there's one essay in here in which she watches a child on LSD whose parents have given her some LSD. So, well, microdose. Sorry, I have the leg up on you. Yep, and she's now probably managing a uh, app billion startup? dollar startup oh, in Silicon yeah. Valley. She's uh, she's in charge of Uber. So, I mean, that'll be fun. I've never, I don't even know if I've ever. We don't read. have them in hand, so we probably won't start next week. We'll let you know. I'm trying to think if I've read any Joan Didion at all. Oh, boy, I've read quite a bit. Play it as it lays. Classic. 
Although Joan Didion's a controversial figure. Some in the sort of li- literary elite world of New York, they're kind of like, why do we keep... She's not that good. We you only do controversy, Mark. I know how you roll. I do. You know, who, you know who else loves a bit of controversy? I know a guy. Who knows a guy? With an egg stuck up his an butt. egg. Greg Bagney, 4G. White Road Investments. Alien Truth Communications. Greg Zames coming to you in three, two, one. Luckily, I don't have 99 problems. Instead, I have 999 course corrections every day. I'm trying to get 999 things right every single day while navigating this planet just to simply fit in. By the way, it used to be referred to as 1,000 course corrections, but four digits kind of overwhelmed me. Ah, Once I changed it to 999, only three digits, it seemed less insurmountable. I don't know. It's a three-step daily process, baby. Number one, you start on a personal level. Number two, all business. And then number three, back to personal again. Step one, you start personally course correcting. And that includes everyone from the person you slept with to the dude who delivers your mail in the morning to the neighbor's dog dumping on your lawn. Step two, business. Here's where it gets even trickier. There's more rules, objectives, and KPIs, and WTFs. There's body language and timing and knowing when to speak and when not to all those snap decisions or considered responses you'll need to make just to hit your business plan. Then step three, you're back to personal again, starting with all those course corrections on the train or car ride home. Then when you get there, it's how you meet, greet, eat, interact with your family all the way to those final words or thoughts before you go to sleepy poo. It's about the delicate balance of your mind, body, and speech, both personally and professionally, how they are intimately connected and corrected Namaste, mofo. If you don't catch my course correction drift, then it's time for a shitty analogy. Imagine you're flying on a shitty United Airlines plane between two shitty airports, let's say Chicago and Newark. Just think how many times the pilots correct their course, always minutely adjusting due to wind, temperature, turbulence, altitude, etc. Similarly, Daily humanoid lives require constant adjustment, big and small, to the people, places, events, middle seat interactions all around us. Okay, gotta admit, don't you sometimes just want to blurt out, that's my armrest, dickhead? It's time for a course correcting confusion conclusion. Sometimes you'll have to ask yourself the impromptu internal question. Should I be a jag off or not to this person that just cut in line in front of me? If you can correct yourself some masochistic mind adjustment, then this line-cutting jag-off has now turned into my teacher. Namaste, mofo, one more time. Masterfully done, Bagney. The end uh, reminded me very distinctly of uh, two of our How to Live series installments. Oh, yeah, I remember You got Foster Wallace and Saunders. Like someone cuts you off in line. What was the third one? Oh, Wendell Berry. We did a Wendell Berry. Yeah. Wendell Berry didn't talk so much about like the Maybe. kind of idea of course correcting and just trying your best to be empathetic and as good a human being as possible throughout the day. 
couple of quibbles though, bags. Um, don't ever fit in, son. He says that at the beginning. He's trying to fit in. It might have just been a cursory remark, but that's what makes you special, buddy. You don't <laughs> I fit you in. Just called him son. <laughs> well, I'm feeling like the teacher right now. That's all right. Yeah, I love that. And but in his analogy, which was not necessarily shitty. No, he was. But what's interesting about, about that analogy, analogy is that uh, you know the pilots maybe in back in Joan Didion's essay writing heyday were the ones making the course corrections, but now it's a computer, son. I'm gonna call you son again. <laughs> It's a computer. It's so that puts kind of a dark tinge on it. No, I think those pilots, you don't think they... They're just sipping scotch and water, dude. No. Got their shoes off. Can I just say... Got their socks is, up on the instrument panel. Oh, we should ask. Hey, Greg, if you want to do another segment, compression socks. This guy knows how to fly. He wears compression Enough said. socks? Enough said. I don't doubt that. He's a fucking genius. Nothing but insight out of Greg oh, Bagney. Yeah, it's a lovely... It's a, lo- it's a lovely thing to have Greg continuing to contribute to the show. It's one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is when we get those emails from Greg Bagney. And hey, here's what I'm going to do. And here's what Greg, what's great about Greg. Every time he's like, I don't know about this one. It's to this. It's to that. You oh. don't have to use it. And each one is better than the one before it, buddy. Love you, son. What's that noise? That's a bird. That's two birds. They're so probably getting ready to fight or fuck. We've got these nice little segments from uh, Greg. Mm-hmm. Details, Danielle Defay. Yeah. We're, you know what? Huh. We need, let's just shout out to, uh, oh, and uh, Greg's somewhat connected to Mr. Matu Dillon. Matt Dillon. Matu Dillon, not the actor, but the see Jesus. The who I think poker player. I think doesn't realize that uh, we're about to ask him to go ahead and pony up. His own segment. Oh, I thought you were saying we're about poker, to ask him for money. <laughs> poker tips. Ah, yeah. The dude is a, I think he's per, quasi-professional, whatever. Well, if he's got poker a day tips. job, he must not be a totally professional poker player. Uh, hey. No slight intent. We're professional podcasters. That's true. And we're not, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, we love a poker, little poker little insights. poker insights. Poker tips, but you poker know what stories. Be even better? Poker stories and tips that are then... Um, compounded uh uh ejaculated i can't can't remember the words today they are they turn into life lessons is what i'm getting at okay what's the word expounded upon they are they they become bigger than themselves poker meditations well that's that's too easy specific too direct i don't know why i was asking you (laughs) put Um, it in my end zone all right so right now we've got an intermission for you an interlude that's clunky. You normally just sort of let that happen. No, I don't. Oh, you maybe you. Oh, don't. you have a quote. Yeah, you clearly read. you don't listen to the podcast. I usually do a little run up. Clearly, I don't. The song is called "Outstripped." This band is called Fujiya and Miyagi. Hmm. Uh, it's sort of some electro dance stuff. Kind of reminds me of a little bit of LCD sound system. Mm. Do you remember a band called Chick Chick Chick? Hmm. I mean, they could be called anything. You could call them Cup Cup Cup. Mike, 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 shirt, 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 because they're, uh, it was just three exclamation dance, dance, points. Dance, shake your booty. But I, I was listening to this EP. It's called Two. This EP by... The number two? Fujiya and Miyagi. Yep, it's just called Two. Mm. And my, my, my foot was going nuts. Like, I was, like, oh. dancing around. My foot could not stop. Was it, was it diabetic nerve pain? Felt, felt like that. Um, so I'm just going to read you a little quote. This is from singer David Best. And this is some sort of meditation or 
thought, reaction to one of the songs on the album. He says, stop dicking around in the Google Doc when I'm trying to read it. Sorry, you're right. Jesus, (laughs) you do this every time. (laughs) Sorry. We waste our time watching cookery programs on the telly. Wait, I read that wrong. We waste our time watching cookery programs on telly while stuffing our face with confectionery that our generation has convinced itself it deserves by doing the most simple of everyday tasks. So that's dystopian, right? Wait, I don't think I followed that. Keep going. We waste our time watching cookery programs on telly while stuffing our face with confectionery that our generation has convinced itself it deserves by doing the most simple of everyday tasks. Okay, okay. So we're watching people do other things and then stuffing our faces with food like we deserve a reward, like you need your little dessert hummus treat. It's a good callback. Fucking hell. So we increasingly behave more and more like a dog giving itself a biscuit for the simple art of shitting. Now that is good. I don't know what that means. Oh, that is great. Well, that's so, there's so many layers there. Solid, David. The, uh, I, yeah. The art of this shitting. is Mark pretending like his mind wasn't just blown. It's tough to learn. Like, the no, art. no, no. That's just silliness. That's the why I don't shitting. understand it. Tough to learn the art of shitting. No, it's not. You're born with it tough to refine your craft what's hard is to get back to that place where you're pooping out that uh what's that stuff called that black stuff that first comes out to your butthole encomium you're trying to get back to enconium is basically what's happening
And we're back. Natch, 83. We've reached the eventually portion of the podcast. I, that, did you hear that creaking? I, yeah, I don't like watching this. I can't. I got the, the rhythm is in my bones. You're bouncing around on the squeaky couch. In my boot. Hey! Soundhawk making a squeal. I'll stop. Food news. Can we get to the food news eventually? This is the eventually. This is the eventually. We're there. Four stories. I like to tell people how many stories there are. They know what to expect. You don't think that's important? I think I like to let them in. What? They, can, they can pace themselves mentally. Okay. Girl Scout cookies teach us all a lesson on GMOs. Because we need another lesson on GMOs. Yeah, this might be quick. Motley Fool, Max Chatsko. If you know the Motley Fool at all, they have TMF nicknames. Black and gold. Ooh. Is he the CU buff? No. And this is total click hole. I saw this thing on Twitter. I'm like, oh, cool. I've always wondered. I've always wondered. Girl Scout cookies, you would think that's one where maybe they clean up the GMO thing. Why would you think that? It's just junk food. Yeah, I know. But the, it's like kids selling it. I don't give a fuck. It's crazy. Seemed, I always wondered, like, especially as like consumer sentiment for non-GMO gets, gets hotter and hotter. You know somebody's coming after the Girl Scouts eventually. Food babe. It's coming out of hiding. Where's the food babe been? That's a good question. That's a good question. I haven't seen or heard or smelt the food, babe. Is this whole episode going to have that? I can't hear it with my cans on my ears. I don't know. Why don't you just stop doing that? I'll stop doing you could, it. You could stop exacerbating. Total click hole. I, I was Twitter. I was like, oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Fucking 2015, January. That's when this article came out. Old so news. this isn't really food news. Well, it's, but it's, well, it's stale. This is an old bagel. It's a timeless topic. Oh, is it? <sighs> You're going to cut to the chase here? You want me to cut to the chase? You want me to read a quote? What do you want, Josh? It's your show. What do you want? I'd like you to, I don't know, explain why we're reading this. Look at why you're so agitated. Look at you. (laughs) You're rubbing your face. You're all like a little bit red and flushed. I don't know. I I would like you to get get to the meat here. Oh, you chose too long. You're worried about the time. No, I'm actually setting up a sound cue for an upcoming. Oh, well, don't pay attention. There might not be a merit badge for standing up for science, but assuming there were General Mills would have a spot missing on its sash. There might be some easy... Easy Icarus moment there. That's just, that's smart writing. That's a great hook. On the other hand, the Girl Scouts of America stood its ground and leaned on global scientific consensus when asked to remove food ingredients made from genetically modified organisms, or GMOs, from its famous Girl Scout cookies. The organization has even used activist pressure as a teaching moment for its young members, and we could all learn from it. Really? You go, girl. <laughs> Scouts. So what's in, what I found interesting about this is, uh, so the, perhaps it's not, it's whatever. What are you doing? The Girl Scouts are all about, like, empowering girls, yeah. empowering Scouts. Yes. <laughs> They're big on science and tech, like STEM. They do a lot about STEM Education, science, tech, stem cell research, engineering, and math, math, and so they're, they're uh, resisting this sort of consumer pressure that big companies like General Mills have caved to. Me, they're resisting it because we are science. We are science-based. Ooh, so that's their. We teach girls about the value of toehold. scientific rigor. Okay, and how to stand up to these hippie. I activists. thought that was an interesting little pivot. Hey, that is interesting, Mark. Why don't you pivot on this for a minute? Because uh, got something here for you. So, Girl Scout cookies proudly, the- proudly Soylent esque 
in their inclusion of GMOs because all of the world's scientific organizations say it's safe. Suck it. Yeah. That's, that's what you're going to say to a Girl Scout, huh? CRISPR could usher in a new era of delicious GMO I foods. I have missed CRISPR. Why are you interrupting my headline? I missed that sound cue. I've missed CRISPR. What's been going on with CRISPR? It's like my little pet. Well, I was trying to tell you until you interrupted me that they could usher in a new hey, era of... It's just playful banter. Relax, of dude. delicious GMO foods. Your tinnitus is acting up, huh? I'm a mess. This article's from The Atlantic. It's by Sarah Zhang. Oh, yeah. Dang Zhang. A few weeks ago... Stefan Janssen, a Swedish plant biologist, sat down to a plate of pasta with cabbage harvested from his garden. This cabbage was like none any human had eaten before. Its DNA had been edited via a much-hyped new gene-editing technique called CRISPR. Janssen's meal was the first time anyone anywhere had professed to eating CRISPR-modified food, an entirely new category of GMOs. GMO. So what, what was he eating? So we got, he was this? eating a descendant of wild cabbage, not dissimilar to the Brussels sprout, and it had been edited to grow a little slower. So it's just a minor little tweak, man. They took essentially a Brussels sprout, edited out the fast, put in the slow. I didn't say that. And made a big old heritage cabbage. A descendant of a wild cabbage reminiscent of a Brussels sprout. I prefer heritage cabbage. Yep, uh, scientists deleted only a single gene, which made it grow a little slower, Mark. Yeah, tell me what happened, man. Uh, this guy ate it, and he got <laughs> some gas, and it turned out it was, like, heavy on the mustard. What? Really? Well, yeah. Um, but you know, what's, you know what's slowing things down? Like, this seems like it could be big business, right? Make all these little boutique niche plants. But I'm, I'm, but I'm still stuck on what actually happened here. He found an old variety of cabbage. He didn't find shit. Okay. Someone edited some cabbage. He grew it in his garden. He ate it. Somebody gave him the seed. Well, he's a plant biologist. Who did it? Somebody gave him the fucking seed. What the fuck? This is get, this is getting out off the rails. This article doesn't talk about who gave him the damn seed. Well, all right. So he's the, eating something that's been modified, gene edited by CRISPR. Why is that not you enough don't know. for you? That's why you can't go any deeper. Okay, I got it. I don't have the article in front of me. I have some notes here. I didn't know I was. Please, know, please refer to your notes. Sitting across from fucking Columbo. It, Jesus. <laughs> Salty dog in the house. Uh, the biggest thing here is just that. What happened to you after the interlude? You came back and you're all. I'm not salty, man. Yeah, something's going I'm on. Fun. Are you okay? See, now where it's like we've switched spots. How's your back? My back's pretty good. How's your ear? It's ringing like mad. Oh, that's it. That's what's getting you. Mm. Um, so you know that's just you. It's just stress. You're just making it no, up. I've told you what it is. It's, it's an not alien a node. It's fucking alien. <laughs> Go ahead. Prove it. Prove it it's not an alien node. I can't. That's what I thought. I don't even know where the hell to go with this now. You can't even, you can't function. I can function fine. I'm dealing with sorghums and some sort of strange neurological breathing condition, and you can't even get through your story. Calm yourself. We've talked about CRISPR in the past. We've talked about how it could be used for many different things, nefarious things. They make little CRISPR kits that you could have like on this coffee table, and you you uh, you could genetically edit Tabletop CRISPR kit. You could edit some virus and make a superbug in like 20 minutes and fucking could, kill everyone on the planet. I could edit that tinnitus right out of your ear. You could edit that tinnitus right out of my ear. You could edit... No, I couldn't. You could edit bees so yes. they're more resilient. I could give them tiny backpacks. They could put extra food in them. Yep. You could edit mosquitoes so that they hated the taste of blood. This is a terrible... 
terrible application of <laughs> we're not getting CRISPR right at all. Well, no, we're saying this technique could have a many different uses. It could but, have a lot of uses. But uses. here's one that's a you little... You could breed, you, you're selective for any trait you want. Here's one that's just a little more fun, that's you, all. You, me, you don't have to be Stefan Janssen, a Swedish plant biologist. You could be... Right. Wahoo but, uh, Omaha Dylan. Listen to this. Playing poker. Here's what's missing in the first round of food biotech. Traits focused on the consumer, says Jason Kelly, CEO of Ginkgo Bioworks, a biotech company that engineers yeast to make flavors and fragrances. And so GMO corn and soybeans slipped without much excitement into the food system. Why did I keep that little trail on there? I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. <laughs> You're so a it's, mess, It's a delightful dude. mess. All right. I guess all we need to know is, I'll, it's okay. I'm here. Yeah, thanks. We have crispered some cabbage. Somebody ate it and it gave them gas. We know that, but I think- But we, there's a whole world that opens up from CRISPR towards a G, a, uh, an application of GM and GMO technology for consumer-friendly stuff. The bigger bottom line. And not I'll give you, I'll not give the you hidden this. stuff like soybeans, but like, I'm going to make your fucking vanilla taste like bomb-ass shit. Yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you this. Quote, I think you'll start to see more consumer-facing traits because you'll see more traits worked into plants, period, says Kelly. Boom. CRISPR could make all sorts of fruits and vegetables more nutritious and delicious. Nailed it, Kelly. Things you might actually notice and look for, maybe even create awesome new varieties that become as trendy as kale. Nailed Who it, doesn't Kelly. love kale? I don't. Kale yourself, son. I've had so much kale. My garden just keeps making kale. Kale chips, I'm just baking them, I'm just cooking kale chips all what? the time. Oh. That's what I think about that. Um, bad news. No, but here's the thing. What's the bad news? Next story is you as well. Oh, that's good news. But I'm not done with this story. For me, the story wasn't about who gave him the goddamn seed, all right? <laughs> it's about this is a way to make genetic, genetically modified organisms hmm. boutique well, and less one, scary, okay? Only one way to read the story, I guess. That's a phone ring. Is it going to hit your computer? And- no, it's my landline, bro. bro. All right, check this out. World's, Give it to me. The, why is this is not food news? I don't know why you dropped this in, on me. But... Mm. Here we go. World's first baby born with new three-parent technique by Jessica Hamzalu. It's about fertility. New it's scientist. about making things. It's about producing. I, I, I actually I heard about this on my BBC uh, World News Morning podcast. So this was. I have tinnitus too. It's fun, isn't it? Wait a minute. Something's. Yeah, congratulations. There's a high-pitched squeal. You've got tinnitus. You know why? Because you were doubting the fucking aliens that put it in my head. They they heard that. They caught that. And bam, now you're a radio <laughs> signal too. It's gone. Okay. Nice try. So this is a controversial technique, obviously. But it allows parents with rare genetic mutations to I have mean, healthy babies. Hell? Why Three are you interrupting parents? this? Jesus. This is why. You, you wonder why I'm having trouble with the stories, because every time I read a fucking sentence, I can't get through it. Motherfuck. <laughs> yeah, you check yourself, son. I don't even know where the hell I was. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so out of sync. <sighs> well, I'm going to start doing it to you, and Nick, you read a sentence. I'm <laughs> you just, do it to me all the time. You do it to me all the time. Okay. It's true. I usually do it in meetings. I did it in a meeting yesterday. That was actually, was cathartic. <laughs> I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to let you go, man. I don't want to go now. I don't know what the hell is <laughs> happening. So it's a controversial uh, technique. Let's see if you can keep your mouth shut for 
I don't know, eight, nine seconds. Okay. Uh, it allows parents with rare genetic mutations to have healthy babies. It's only been legally approved in the UK, but the birth of this child, whose Jordanian parents were treated by a US-based team in Mexico, should fast-forward progress around the world, say embryologists. The boy's mother carries genes for Lay syndrome, a fatal disorder that affects the developing nervous system. <sighs> Lay syndrome was responsible for the deaths of their first, first two children. The method approved in the UK is is called pro-nuclear transfer and involves fertilizing both the mother's egg and a donor egg with the father's sperm. Before the fertilized eggs start dividing into early stage embryos, each nucleus is removed. The nucleus, the nucleus from the donor's fertilized egg is discarded and replaced by that from the mother's fertilized egg. Insane. But get this, this technique wasn't appropriate for the couple. As Muslims, they were opposed to the destruction of two embryos. So Zhang, not Sarah Zhang, not the author of this article, Dr. Zhang, different Zhang, took a different approach. Different Zhang took a different approach called spindle nuclear transfer. He removed the nucleus from one of the mother's eggs and inserted it into a donor egg that had its own nucleus removed. The resulting egg with nuclear DNA from the mother and mitochondrial DNA from the donor was then fertilized with the father's nut. So what do you think about that, Mark? Compelled? It's too long. I stopped paying attention. Yeah, I'll bet you did. Give me this fucking fertilization article and you don't even listen to me talking about it. Classic brush. Classic Williams College. Oh, boy. You said um, Zhang in the article, not Zhang, the author of this article. Zhang wrote the article before this we discussed, not this one. This was by Jessica Hemsalu. Yeah. I'm talking Dr. Zhang. New scientist. Hey, man. You know what? You know why? You know why this is in here? It's just getting crazy, and it, you can't control it. Nope. The, what the hell? Let it go. Let it go. Let can't it hold go. it back anymore. You can't. I had a friend in high school named Marcus. Who he had was, three parents? No, nah, he was like super... Why not four parents? He was just very Christian. What's the ideal number? Very dogmatic. I used to have all sorts of like philosophical debates with him. About like, you know, if a baby's born on a desert island and grows up there and dies, does the baby go to hell because it didn't accept Jesus Christ? Oh, boy. That's He's like, no, Jesus would present himself to that person. Fun convo. Like, well, if that person lived in some other country, wouldn't they just call Jesus Allah or something? He didn't have an answer for that. But here's what he thought. He thought that the uh, apocalypse would come the moment that we cloned a human. So, sorry, Marcus. Pretty sure that time has gone and passed. Suck it. Wow. Mark gives to you the same advice he gives to Girl Scouts. Not. That's out of context. Uh, so, you know, here's what's going to happen, though. I, I think that's I feel crazy. like I'm repeating myself. I think last episode we were talking about some Gattaca shit, dude. Yeah. Though the, the human beings that are going to be alive in 100 years from now are going to be genetically tailored to survive in an increasingly toxic environment. We'll be genetically equipped that's to why, not get cancer. I from, gave you this. I gave you the CRISPR, then I gave you the three parents, and so... You, I, I, it was so like, I it's like walking a dog. Lovely dovetail. It's like walking a dog. I know. I got the, I got the plastic bag. I know you're going to take a shit. I know you're going to take a shit. I don't gonna know when it it's going to happen. <laughs> you just took the shit. Yeah, I took the shit, Mark. That's what it was. I was taking a shit. A shit of truth. Do you, you disagree? You do no. not think that's where the world's headed? No. No what? Sure. I think that's one of many futures that are No, that is us. the future. So get ready and start saving your money. Because yeah. only the Get richest ready. of the rich are going to make it into this super modified class of human beings. The rest That's of us, true. 
are going to die in our own filth. You know what I'm more... I'm just thinking We're about... We're going to die in a doggy bag of our own shit. And you took the shit. Remember that Buddhist monk meditating in a pot of boiling oil? Yes, I do. They can never take that away from you. I guess not. <laughs> we'll always have hot oil baths. All right, Mark, why don't you take us home? One more. Show me how it's done, Mark. <laughs> if you would, please. Like a prima ballerina. Come on, everybody's heard about this one, right? Taking the stage. Will adding a veggie burger to the in and out menu destroy the country? Asks Emily Bird. Opinion piece in the LA Times. Did you hear about this one? No. Oh. This is some food news you're just hitting me upside the head with, Mark. Oh, okay. Well then, hey, blank slate. You can respond. To be fair, though, I think In-N-Out Burger is an overhyped fast food restaurant. Everyone like freaks out about that place, loves that place. Anytime they land in California, it's like, got to get right to the In-N-Out Burger. It's a fucking regular ass burger with shitty Bible shit on it. So, I mean, Marcus might like it. I, I ate there. It was fine. You <laughs> were but you know if they have a veggie burger? At least that's Christ-like. What do you think about that, Mark? All I did was ask In-N-Out to add a veggie burger to its menu. I did so in my capacity as communications manager for the Good Food Institute, nonprofit, promotes alternatives to animal-based meat, dairy, and eggs. Right up Josh's... My change.org petition elicited more than 30,000 signatures quickly, but something about the request unsettled quite a few of the Burger Joints fans, with many letting me know, often with the creative use of multiple obscenities for emphasis, that this petition has threatened their most deeply held values and could well destroy the union. Oh boy. It's, um, it's the union street rising Street sweeper, up. yep, here they come. It's the meat lobby. People went nuts. Um, let me see, did I pull any out so I could show you? That's nice, nice. I'm trying to spot what that is. It's like a giant vacuum cleaner coming to get us. This is just so obnoxious. CRISPR? The no, street this, sweepers. This story that you're telling me here. Oh. Um, People getting upset. Some quotes. The government needs to investigate you. I will do everything in my power to put you out of business. Um, For requesting a meatless patty. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Here we go. Absurd. You're attacking a Christian business and it is wrong. Uh, yeah, because Christians never attack anyone, do they? Uh, it's like asking a steakhouse to offer something besides steak, <laughs> which every steakhouse does. <laughs> yeah, there's no steakhouse that only serves steak. So you get the point. I think those are the tamer. She got they they tried to rip her new one. It 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 was a moment. It was a cultural moment. She had hey hey, how about a veggie burger? Why am I asking? Because they sell veggie burgers at Burger King, Johnny Rockets, Denny's, Ruby Tuesday, White Castle, Red Robin. They got them there. How about you? No, in and out. Sacred burger. Don't let it happen. Nope. There is one more quite insidious harm a veggie burger might wreak upon our nation that I'll admit we had failed to consider. We have learned that this single menu addition could lead to in and out and quite possibly the whole country becoming a gender-free, multicultural, safe space to cuddle in that's populated by the worst types of humans. Those were other quotes you got. <sighs> this is Trumpocalypse, dude. This Eight is two now. Americas. Maybe there really are two Americas. And never the twain shall meet, Mark. We're not going to share a burger, I tell you what. I've got to wrap this thing up. You are, you're going to try to kill someone before this is over. I'm just fine. She had a rough time. She struck a nerve. I went to In-N-Out when I lived in California. It did seem did special. Did it change your life? And the, I mean, come on, the Christian stuff is like 
buried under, it's not in your face, right? I get it. You don't have to like it, but it's not like it's plastered on the side. Jesus saves in the front window. Subtle. I don't know know why it needs to be there at all. Christianity and capitalism, Christianity and commerce are not bedfellows. (laughs) Why are you jamming them together? Jesus was not a capitalist. He was a freaking Have you hippie. been to a megachurch? He was a hippie. He wouldn't set foot in one of those places. That's the, that's the core irony to all of it. Jesus would be living on the streets and you wouldn't even recognize him. Nothing? I'm afraid. <laughs> what? I don't want to say anything. Well, there's nothing to fear. Come back for 84. Maybe, maybe. We're still both alive. I don't know. I might get, I don't know. Mark might be buried under my porch. I don't know if I'm going to get home. (laughs) 